Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Moreno. Thanks for listening. Well, obviously this migrant issue has gotten a lot of attention, and I think Eric Adams' response to it, particularly early on, leaves a great deal to be desired. However, lately, I think he's done a pretty good job standing up for New Yorkers as opposed to people that aren't. New Yorkers. And he's made some decisions I agree with, some decisions I don't agree with, but something that he did yesterday, I think, is right on the money, and quite literally. The mayor of the city of New York, Eric Adams, asked a judge for permission to relieve New York City of its unique and longstanding obligation to provide shelter for anyone who asks. He's asserting, the mayor, that the immense influx of asylum seekers has simply overwhelmed New York's ability to accommodate all those in need. And I think he's right. Adams has estimated that the city will spend $4.3 billion, with a B, dollars on the local asylum seeker crisis by next summer. But his own budget director suggested that that number that the mayor put out, $4.3 billion, that eye-popping price tag could actually be quite an understatement. My view is... The mayor is absolutely right on the law. For starters, he's right on the policy. Part of the reason so many of these migrants want to come to New York is because they know we are legally obligated to give them a place to stay. Secondly, though, I think he's legally right. This right to shelter law was meant to house people who are here and have fallen on tough times. It's not meant to be a magnet for people that have fallen on tough times all over the world and saying, all you have to do is get to New York and we'll pay for you to stay here. No, that's not what that law is supposed to do. Now, the activist groups are fighting this big time, and I hope that the mayor is able to win this fight. This policy makes no sense, and if this continues, it is going to put New York in an even more precarious financial position. So I think the mayor is doing a great job with this aspect of the migrant crisis. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. 17, count them, one seven of our city's most spectacular museums, zoos, botanical gardens, science and performing arts centers, as well as the New York Aquarium, have founding laws or contracts that require free admission for New Yorkers. This is all attributable to a public-private partnership dating back to the mid-19th century. The partnership provided rent-free use of parkland and buildings to these institutions in exchange for free admission and instruction for New Yorkers. However, the facts of New Yorkers' rights 
are somewhat ambiguous because city leaders have over the last 150 years obscured the provisions of controlling laws and contracts. Currently, city leaders subsidize these institutions with a billion dollars in free rent, admission fees, and operating and capital costs every year, while New Yorkers are obliged to pay a fixed or pay what you wish, but you must pay something, admission fee. So now there is a group we've talked about before called the free admission campaign that is essentially reminding all of New York's lawmakers that these institutions have an obligation to let us in for free. And the time is clearly now for New Yorkers to insist that whether it's the Queen Zoo, the Metropolitan Museum of Art, the Brooklyn Academy of Music, the New York Hall of Science, the Staten Island Zoo, the New York Aquarium, the Bronx Zoo, we have a right to use these institutions for free. So now there's a bill in the state legislature, which is supported by Assemblyman Charles Fall in the Assembly and State Senator Cordell Clear in the Senate that would direct the Department of Economic Development in conjunction with the Parks Department to conduct a study, simple study, regarding public access to these 17 park institutions to disclose the admission fees they collect from New Yorkers and the subsidies, including the value of any form of free rent that they receive from the public. If you want to sign the petition, I just posted a link to it on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Fan. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. This is an issue we spent a little bit of time talking about at the top of yesterday's show, but nearly 98% of convictions nationwide. And New York has an opportunity to allow people who were coerced into pleading guilty to seek justice. Adnan Sultan, who's a staff attorney at the Innocence Project, had a terrific op-ed in City and State. You see, the problem is this. A cornerstone of the American criminal legal system is the right to an open public trial in criminal cases. Trials provide an opportunity for the accused to scrutinize the government's evidence against them and require the government to withstand this scrutiny and prove their case beyond a reasonable doubt before a person's liberty is taken away. It's one of the most fundamental aspects of our criminal justice system. Unfortunately, for the vast majority of people who are accused of crimes in this country, this right has been slowly eroded in favor of the plea bargain. Plea bargaining has become the primary way to resolve criminal cases in America. This should raise serious concerns for anyone invested in the transparency and the legitimacy of our criminal legal system. Plea deals not only deprive people of a constitutional right, they also stagnate all sorts of other developments in the law and hide bad actors, whether they're cops, lawyers, prosecutors, defense attorneys, whomever, judges, in the system. Without litigating criminal cases, there's no opportunity to examine the conduct of a bad state actor out in the open. And we know that repeatedly innocent people have pleaded guilty. And that's a real problem. And now there's legislation before the state legislature called the Challenging Wrongful Convictions Act, which would make post-conviction relief available to those who pleaded guilty and have a claim of innocence. Currently, that's not the case. New York needs some sort of procedural path to help innocent people and get relief post-conviction. This was made evident again earlier this month when Westchester DA Miriam Roca moved to vacate.
vacate 26 drug convictions after an investigation of Mount Vernon police found that the officers used excessive force, they made false arrests, and they actually planted evidence to secure convictions. Not every innocent person has the benefit of a DA who's willing to reopen their case. But without passing the Challenging Wrongful Convictions Act, we have a system that punishes innocent people on the front end and the back end of the system that is unacceptably cruel to all the people involved. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. New York One is reporting that at least 10 lobbyists fundraised for the Adams inaugural run for mayor, meaning Eric Adams, in 2021, raising more than $341,000. But the Adams campaign never reported any of these lobbyists as bundlers or intermediaries with the city's campaign finance board. Now, of course, these people were intermediaries and or bundlers, and I don't know why they wouldn't have been reported as such. With the Adams campaign, you never know if it's one of three things. You don't know if it's disorganization, you don't know if it's incompetence, and you don't know if it's an intentional attempt to mislead the public. I don't know which one it is. But the bottom line is a few things. Why would all these lobbyists rush to raise $341,000 for Eric Adams? Just 10 people. It's obviously because they think they stand to make a lot more money with the newfound access that they have to Adams through raising that money. And that is the fundamental problem with our political process at every level. It is the iron triangle of big money, special interests, and legislation. And the fact that it's still going on in New York City, even though we have this ridiculous eight to one matching fund system, shows that what New York City has done on campaign finance has done nothing, zip, zilch, zero, nada, to diminish the role of big money in politics. The big money people are more relevant and more powerful than ever. And don't look now, but we're about to implement this same idiotic system we've got in New York City on the whole state. It's going to cost us a lot of money. It will do nothing to make politics any less corrupt. And this is Exhibit C. I hope that uh, Mayor Adams and his campaign has to pay a hefty fine and uh, offer some sort of explanation as to why they didn't follow the rules here. Beam me up! To be continued.